is up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and that's my phone. Apologies. What is up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and welcome back to yet another episode of Time Out with Tony, your host, Tony, episode 32. And today's episode, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to be taking a step into the real world, and we're going to be reviewing what may be, or sorry, looking at what may have been one of the most, sorry, uh, one of the biggest nuclear disaster one of the biggest nuclear disasters environmental disasters in of our time and i am talking about the chernobyl disaster now um you hear it in video games you hear it in movies you hear it in a bunch of other stuff chernobyl 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 what the fuck is Chernobyl? Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's what we're gonna get. get we're gonna get to uh, today. Before we go deep into our investigation, I do want to take a quick minute and thank you guys all so much for the support. It means a lot, really. So keep it up, spread the word, and most of all, tell your mom, tell your dad, tell your brother, tell your sister, spread the word, and feel free to follow us on our Instagram at timeout underscore with underscore Tony Podcast. New episodes every Wednesdays and. Um, Saturdays. All right, so uh, let's just jump straight into today's episode. Sit back, relax, and crack open a beer, soda, and or water, folks. And please try not to die of radiation poisoning because this is the Chernobyl disaster. ladies and gentlemen so i'm gonna make this real quick and real simple no i'm not so for those of you that do not know or uh know to podcast in general and you've never heard us do a true crime episode because i think this is probably the first one of the season um one thing we do here is just sort of go over the basic event. We go through the timeline of events. What kind of um, type of impact, the aftermath, and um, anything else relating to said event. So for those of you that don't know, the Chernobyl disaster was a nuclear accident that occurred on April 26, 1986 at the number four reactor in the Chernobyl nuclear power plant near the city of Pripyat in the north of Ukrainian SSR in the Soviet Union. It is one of only two nuclear energy accidents that have been rated at seven, the maximum severity on the international nuclear event scale. The other one being the 2011 Fukushima, sorry, Fukushima uh, nuclear disaster in Japan. The initial emergency response together with later the uh, contamination of the environment involved more than 500,000 personnel and it cost an estimated 18 billion rubles, roughly uh, $68 billion in 2019 when adjusted for inflation. Now, the accident was, um, it actually happened 
during a safety test that was meant to measure the ability of the steam turbine power to the emergency feed water pumps of an RBMK type nuclear reactor in the event of a simultaneous loss of external power and major cool uh, coolant leak. Um, what the fuck am I saying? I honestly don't. Um, I honestly don't know. I tried to read a little bit more into nuclear reactor or nuclear science, and yeah, I just um, <coughs> I just nope. I, I just I just can't. <laughs> um, but anyways, um, the meltdown and the explosions that ruptured the reactor and uh, sorry, ruptured the reactor and destroyed the reactor building. And this would be this would be immediately followed by an open air reactor core fire that lasted until May fourth, nineteen eighty six, during which airborne react- radioactive contaminants were released into the air and deposited into other parts of the Soviet Union and Europe. Approximately seventy percent of it landed in Belarus, about nine miles away, and the fire about the same amount of radioactive material as the initial explosion uh, was also released into the area because why not um in response to the initial accident a 6.2 mile radius exclusion zone was created 36 hours after the accident from which approximately 49,000 people were evacuated primarily from Pripyat at uh, at first obviously the exclusion zone uh would later be increased to 19 miles from which an additional 68,000 people um were evacuated and um obviously as um you could tell Pripyat basically became a ghost town after this um call of duty taught me that after the reactor explosion that killed two engineers and severely burned two more an emergency operation would be put out uh will be uh made to put out the fire stabilize the reactor clean up all the radioactive material and all this kind of stuff um during the immediate emergency response, 237 workers were hospitalized, of which 134 exhibited symptoms of acute radiation syndrome. What is that? Well, it's basically, um, it's, it's radiation poisoning. You know, when you get radiation poisoning. Among all these hospitalized, 28 would die from the radiation within the following three months, all of whom were eight, uh, hospitalized for this uh, for the poisoning. In the following 10 years, 14 more workers, nine who had been hospitalized with ARS, would die of various causes, uh, mostly unrelated to radiation exposure. Uh, Chernobyl's health effects to the general population are uncertain to this day. An excess of 15 childhood thyroid cancer deaths were documented, uh, documented as of 2011. A United Nations committee found that uh, that to date fewer than 100 deaths had resulted from the fallout. Determining the total uh, eventual number of exposure-related deaths is unknown. Uh, there's no, um, there's like no, um, what's the word? There's like no scale, for, no no model for this shit. Uh. However, there are predictions for the eventual total death toll in the coming decades. They're like, um, never mind. Let me just ignore that. Ignore that part. Um, an eventual 4,000 fatalities are predicted. Um, what is, yeah, 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 yeah. It's something that 
just still people still pay attention to this day obviously because it's it may sound 40 years almost 40 years ago may sound like a lot but really it's any shit at all um anyways where was i uh after the disaster pripyat will be replaced by the new purpose-built city of slav slavoch i think how you pronounce it the ussr would build a protective uh plant uh like a sarcophagus of sorts and it reduced uh meant to produce the spread of radioactive contamination from the wreckage and protected it from weathering the confinement shelter also provided radiological protection for the crews of the undamaged reactors at the site which were restarted in late 1986 and 1987 however uh the structure was only intended to last for 30 years and required considerable reinforcement by the early 2000s the shelter was supplemented in 2017 by the Chernobyl new safe confinement, which was constructed around the old structure. This larger enclosure aims to enable the removal of both the sarcophagus and the reactor debris while containing the reactive materials inside. Cleanup is scheduled for completion by, get this, the year 2065. Where will you be that year? I don't even know. Anyways, so for those of you that don't, let's get straight into like, a little bit of background for this for, for for those of you that don't know about this joint. So what the fuck is a power plant? What's a radioactive sorry, a nuclear reactor? What like what is this shit? Well, first off, I could tell you that based on a bunch of research that I did on Wikipedia. Um I could tell you that a nuclear reactor is basically one of those things is just basically a generator. You know? It gives you and me electricity all over the world and um basically um they're buildings dedicated to it plants if you will and inside this plant is a nuclear reactor inside and what do these nuclear reactors do well they they, they generate power they make sure tv's working they make sure your fridge is working they make sure stuff is working anyways um Obviously, when you got when you're working with this kind of stuff, you're gonna be touching nuclear material, of course. So naturally, it's a nuclear power, uh, sorry, power plant. Um, what else, what else? Now, obviously, as part of the operation, there, I guess there is a safety test. Um, safety test is sort of just um uh how do i say this um well it was just a test you know it was part of procedure and um there was one scheduled to be conducted during the day shift of april 25th a day before as part of a scheduled reactor shutdown now the day shift had been instructed in advance on the reactor operating conditions to run the test and in addition a special team of electrical engineers engineers were present to conduct one minute test of the new voltage regulating system once the current conditions had been reached as planned a gradual reduction in the output uh, of the power unit began at 1 a.m on april 25th and the power had reached 50 percent of its nominal 3200 megawatt thermal level by the beginning of the day shift 
Now, the day shift would perform many unrelated maintenance tasks. Jeez, why does that sound familiar? And it was scheduled to perform the test at 2.15 p- uh, yeah, p.m. that day. Test pr- uh, preparations for the test were carried out, including the disabling of the emergency core cooling system. Meanwhile, another regional power station unexpectedly went offline. At 2 p.m., the Kiev electrical uh, grid controller requested that the further uh, that the further reduction of Chernobyl's output be postponed as power was needed to satisfy uh, the peak evening demand. So the test was postponed. Bad, bad move. Soon, the day shift would be replaced by the evening shift, and despite the delay, the emergency core cooling system was left disabled. The system had to be disconnected via a manual uh, manual isolating slide valve, which in practice meant that two or three people would have to spend the whole shift manually turning sailboat helm-sized valve wheels. The system would have no influence on the events that unfolded next, but allowing the reactor to run for 11 hours outside of the test without emergency protect, uh, protection was indicative of a general lack of safety culture. At 11.04 p.m., the Kiev grid controller allowed the reactor shutdown to resume. Now, this delay had some serious consequences, and the day shift had since uh, had long since departed. The evening shift was also preparing to leave, and the night shift would not take over until midnight, well into their job. According to the plan, the test should have been finished during the day, and the night shift would only have to maintain decay heat cooling systems in an otherwise shutdown plan. Now, the night shift had very limited time to prepare for and carry out the experiment. Anatoly Dyatlov, deputy chief engineer of the Chernobyl nuclear power plant, was present to supervise and direct the test. He was one of the test's chief authors, and he was the highest-ranking individual present. Unit shift supervisor Alexander Akimov was in charge of the Unit 4 night shift, and Leonid, sorry, Leon, Leonid, Leonid Tuptunov was the senior reactor control engineer, responsible for the reactor's operational regimen, including the movement of the control rods. 25-year-old Toptunov had worked independently as a senior engineer for approximately three months each. Now, the test called for a gradual decrease in power to a thermal level of 700 to 1,000 megawatts, and an output of 720 megawatts was reached at 12.05 a.m. on April 26. However, due to the reactor's... Uh, uh, Reactor's production of a of a fission byproduct, which is a reaction inhibiting neutron absorber, power continued to decrease in the absence of further uh, operation action, a process known as reactor poisoning. In a steady state operation, this avoided sorry this is avoided because xenon one three five is burned off as quickly as it is de- created from decaying iodon one three five by the absorption of neutrons. The ongoing chain reaction becoming highly unstable xenon-136. What the fuck did I just talk about? Isotopes. What are isotopes? Um, they're, they're um, I I don't even know what I don't even know what isotopes are. Um, anyways, what was I? Uh, <laughs> yes, yes, I did just talk about isotopes on a fucking podcast that is meant to talk about movies. Why did I choose this Chernobyl disaster? I don't know. <laughs> Clearly, my love for the Soviet Union. Anyways, um, where was I? Sorry. So 
So the increased coolant flow lowered the overall core temperature and reduced the existing steam voids in the core. And because water absorbs neutrons better than steam, the neutron flux and the reactivity decreased. The operators responded by removing more manual control rods to maintain power. What are control rods or rods in general? Fuel rods is what they mean actually and what is it well it's think of it as like a battery for a generator it keeps it, it it's fuel for a generator basically it's think 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 of the generator as a car sorry uh think of the reactor as a car and the fuel rod is gas anyways um where was i all right, so the number of control rods inserted in the reactor fell below the required value of fifteen. Why? Because well, they, they they were trying to they were trying to bring the power down. The combined effects of all these actions, you know, raising the megawatts, lowering them, it was a, it was an extremely unstable reactor configuration. And out of the two hundred and eleven control rods that had been extracted manually, and excessively high coolant flow rates through the core meant that the coolant was entering sorry entering the reactor very close to the boiling point and unlike other light water reactor designs the RMBK RBMK sorry uh, design at the time had a positive void coefficient of reactivity at low power levels in other words it was a design flaw an engineer flaw if you will and unbeknownst to the power, uh, operators, the void coefficient was not counterbalanced by other reactivity effects in the given operating regime, meaning that any increase in the boiling would produce more steam voids, which would further intensify the chain reaction, which would lead to kaboom. Given this characteristic, the number four, uh, reactor number four was now at risk of a runaway increase in the core power with nothing to restrain it. The reactor was now very sensitive to the regenerative uh, effect of steam voids on reactor power. Now, the accident itself took place somewhere around 1.23 a.m. At 1.23 a.m. with four seconds, the test began and four of the main eight main circulating pumps were to be powered by voltage from the coasting turbine while the remaining four pumps would receive electrical power from the grid as normal. Now, as the momentum of the turbine generator decreased so did power uh so did the power produced at the pumps the water flow rate decreased and this led to an increased formation of steam voids in the coolant flowing up through the pressure fuel uh sorry through the fuel pressure tubes at 1 a.m with 40 seconds as recorded by the skala centralized control system a scram emergency shutdown of the reactor would be initiated as the experiment was wrapping up now, the, extr uh, the scram was started when the AZ-5 button, also known as the EPS-5 button of the reactor emergency protection system, was pressed. This engaged the drive mechanism on all control rods to fully insert them, including the manual control rods that had been withdrawn earlier. The personnel had already intended to shut down using the AZ-5 button in preparation for scheduled maintenance, and the scram likely preceded the sharp increase in power. However, the precise uh, the precise reason as to why this button was pressed when it was was not certain as only the deceased Akimov and Toptunov uh, were were there, uh, partook in the decision, though the entire atmosphere in the control room was calm at the moment. 
Meanwhile, the RBMK designers claimed that the button had to have been pressed only after the reactor was uh, already began to self-destruct. Uh, now, um, a few seconds into the scram, a power spike occurred and the core overheated and this caused some of the fuel rods to fracture. Some have speculated that this also uh, blocked the control rod columns and jammed them at a one-third insertion. Within three seconds, the reactor uh, output would rise above 530 megawatts. Instruments did not register the subsequent course of events as they were reconstructed through mathematical simulation. Per the simulation, the power spike would have caused an increase in fuel temperature and steam buildup, leading to a rapid increase in steam pressure. This caused the fuel cladding to fail and released the fuel elements into the coolant, rupturing the channels in which these elements were located. As the scram continued, the reactor output would jump to 30,000 megawatts thermal, 10 times its normal operational output. The indicated last reading on the power meter on the control power, sorry, panel. Some estimate that the power spike may have gone up to 10 times higher that night. However, it was not possible to, possible to reconstruct the precise sequence of the process that led to the destruction of the reactor and the power unit building, but a steam explosion, like the explosion of a steam boiler from the excess, uh, from excess vapor push, uh, pressure, appears to have been the next event. Now, there is a general understanding that it was explosive steam from the uh, damaged field channels escaping into the reactor's exterior cooling structure that caused the explosion that destroyed the reactor casing, tearing off and blasting the upper uh, plate called the upper biological shield, to which the entire reactor assembly is fastened through the roof of the reactor building. Now, this is believed to be the first explosion that many people heard. Now, this explosion would, uh, would rupture further fuel channels as well as severing most of the coolant lines feeding into the reactor chamber, and as a result, the remaining coolant flashed to steam and escaped the reactor core. The total water loss combined with a high positive void coefficient further increased the reactor's thermal power. Now, a second, more powerful explosion would occur about two or three seconds after the first. This explosion dispersed the damaged core and effectively terminated the nuclear chain reaction. This explosion also comprised more of the reactor containment vessel and ejective hot lumps of graphite moderator. The ejected graphite and the demolished channels still in the remains of the reactor vessel caught fire on exposure to air, significantly contributing to the spread of radioactive fallout and the contamination of outlying areas. Now, according to people outside of Unit 4, burning lumps of material and sparks shot into the air above the re uh, reactor. Some of them fell onto the roof of the machine hall and started a fire, and about 25% of the red-hot graphite blocks and overheated uh, material from the fuel channels were ejected. Parts of graphite blocks and fuel channels were out of the reactor building, and as a result of the damage to the building, an airflow through the core was established by the core's high temperature. The air ignited the hot graphite and it started a graphite fire. After the larger explosion, several employees at the power station went, to out went outside to get a clearer view of the extent of the damage. One such survivor, Alexander Yevchenko, recounts that once he stepped out and looked up towards the reactor hall, he saw a very beautiful laser-like beam of blue light caused by ionized air glow that appeared to be floating up into infinity. Now, this explosion. 
what, 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 what do we do next? Well, obviously, we got to put out the fire, you know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay, 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 I'm sorry. Anyways, uh, contrary to safety regulations, butmen, a combos- uh, combustible material had been, sorry, had been used in the construction of the roof of the reactor building and in the turbine hall for some reason. Ejected material ignited at least five fires on the roof of the adjacent reactor number three, which was still operating. It was apparent imperative to put out those fires and protect the cooling systems of reactor three. Inside reactor number three, the chief of, chief of the night shift, Yuri Bagsdarov, uh, wanted to shut down, sorry, Bagdasarov. Bagdasarov wanted to shut down the reactor immediately, but Chief Engineer Nikolai Fomin would not allow this. The operators were given respirators and potassium iodide tablets to continue uh, and told to continue working. At around 5 a.m., Bagdasarov made his own decision to shut down the reactor, which would be confirmed in writing by Dyatlov and Station Shift Supervisor Rogoshkin. Shortly after the accident, uh, firefighters would arrive to extinguish fires. Uh, the fires first one on the scene uh was a chernobyl power station firefighter brigade under the, the command of lieutenant vladimir Privyak, sorry private who died on may 11th 1986 of acute radiation sickness they were not told how dangerously radioactive the smoke wa- and the debris were and may not have even known uh that the accident was anything more than a, a regular uh, electrical fire stating quote we didn't know it was the reactor. No one had told us. End quote. Grigori Kimel, the driver of one of the fire engines, will later describe what happened, saying, quote, We arrived there at 10 or 15 minutes to 2 in the morning. We saw graphite scattered about. Misha asked, quote, Is that graphite? I kicked it away, but one of the fires picked up, the truck picked it up, saying, quote, It's not. He said, The pieces of graphite were of different sizes. Some big, some small enough to pick them up. We didn't know much about radiation. Even those who worked there had no idea. There was no water left in the trucks by the end. Misha filled a cistern and we aimed the water at the top. Then those boys who died went up to the roof. Rashik, Koloya, and others. Volodoya, Pravik. They went up to the ladder and I never saw them again. Anatoly Zakharov, a fireman stationed in Chernobyl since the year 1980, offered a different description in 2008, saying, quote, I remember joking to the others, there must be an incredible amount of radiation here. We'll be lucky if we're still alive in the morning. And, and, uh, uh, end quote. He would also state, quote, Of course we knew. If we'd follow regulations, we never would have gone near the reactor. But it was a moral obligation. Our duty. We were like kamikaze. End quote. The immediate priority was to extinguish the fires on the roof of the station and the area around the building containing reactor number four to protect number three and to keep its cooling core systems, uh, sorry, its core cooling systems intact. The fires were extinguished by 5 a.m., but many firefighters by then had received high doses of radiation. Uh, the fire inside reactor number four will continue to burn until May 10th, 1986, and it's possible that well, half of, uh, sorry, well over half of the graphite burned down. Now, it was thought by some that the core fireworks extinguished by a combined effort of helicopters dropping more than 5,000 tons, 11, uh, 11 million pounds of sand, lead, clay, and neutron-absorbing boron onto the burning reactor. 
It is now known that virtually none of these materials reached the core. Historians do estimate, however, that 600 Soviet pilots risked dangerous levels of radiation to fly the thousands of flights needed to cover reactor number four in its attempt to seal off the radiation. From eyewitness accounts of firefighters involved before they died, as reported on the, C- on the CBS television series Witness, one described his experience uh, of the radiation as tasting like metal and feeling a, sen- a sensation similar to that of pins and needles all over his face. This is consistent with the description given by Lewis Lawton, a Manhattan Project physicist who died days after receiving a fatal radiation overdose from a critically criticality uh, uh, accident. Sorry, the explosion and fire would throw hot particles of nuclear fuel and far more dangerous fission products into the air. The residents of the area observed the reactive cloud on the night of the explosion. The ionizing radiation levels in the worst hit areas of the reactor building have been estimated to be 5.6 uh, 5. rogens per second, equivalent to more than 20,000 rogens per uh, hour. A lethal dose is around 500 rogens over five hours, so in some areas, unprotected workers received fatal doses in less than a minute. However, a dosimeter capable of uh, measuring up to a thousand R's was buried in the rubble of a collapsed part of the building, and another one failed when turned on. Most remaining dosimeters had a limit of one point R's and therefore read off scale. Thus, the reactor crew could ascertain only that the radiation levels were somewhere above one R's, while the true levels were very much higher in some areas. The nearby city of Pripyat was not immediately evacuated. The townspeople in the early hours of the morning at 1.23 a.m. local time went about their usual business, completely oblivious as to what had just happened. However, within a few hours of the explosion, uh, dozens of people would fall ill. Later, they reported several headaches, sorry, severe headaches and metallic tastes in their mouth, along with uncontrollable fits of coughing and vomiting. As the plant was run by authorities in Moscow, the government of Ukraine did not receive prompt information on, on the accident. Valentina Shevchenko, uh, Shevchenko uh, then chairwoman of the presidium of Verkhovna, uh, Rada of the Ukrainian SSR recalls that the Ukraine's acting minister of internal affairs, Vasil Drunets, phoned her at work at 9 a.m. to report current affairs. Only at the end of the conversation did he add that there had been a fire at the Chernobyl nuclear power plant, but that it was extinguished and everything was fine. When Shevchenko asked how are the people, he replied that there was nothing to be concerned about, stating, quote, some are celebrating a wedding, others are gardening, and others are fishing in the Pripyat River, end quote. Shevchenko then spoke over to Volimir uh, damn, fucking Russians. Uh, sorry, Volo, Volodymyr Shevchenko, general secretary of the Communist Party of Ukraine and the de facto head of state, who said he anticipated a delegation of the state commission headed by Boris Shirbina. Uh, Sh- uh, Sh- yes. The deputy chairman of the Council of Ministers of the USSR. A commission would be later established in the day to investigate the accident, headed by Valery Legasov, first deputy director of the Kurchatov Institute of Atomic Energy and included leading nuclear specialist Evgeny uh, Velikov, hydrometeorologist Yuri Israel, radiologist Leonid 
uh, Lin and others. They flew to Borispao International Airport and arrived at the power plant on the evening of the 26th. By that time, two people had already died and 52 were being hospitalized. The delegation soon had ample evidence that the reactor was destroyed and extremely high levels of radiation had caused a number of cases of radiation exposure. In the early daylight hours of April 27, approximately 36 <clears throat> hours after the initial blast, they ordered the evacuation of Pripyat. Initially, it was decided to evacuate the population for just only three days. However, this would later be made permanent. By 11 a.m. on April 27, buses had arrived in Pripyat to start the evacuation, and it began at 2 p.m. A translated excerpt for the evacuation announcement follows. Quote, for the attention of, uh, sorry, for the attention of the residents of Pripyat. Yes, that's how they announced all their announcements, I guess. The city council informs you that due to the accident at the Chernobyl power station in the city of Pripyat, the radioactive conditions in the vicinity are deteriorating. The Communist Party, its officials, and the armed forces are taking the necessary steps to combat this. Nevertheless, with the view to keep people as safe and healthy as possible, the children being top priority, we need to temporarily evacuate the citizens in the nearest towns of the Kiev region. For these reasons, starting from April 27th, 1986, 2 p.m., each apartment block will be able to have a bus at its disposable, sorry, disposal, supervised by the police and city officials. It is highly advisable to just take your documents, some vital personal belongings, and a certain amount of food, just in case, with you. The senior executives of public and industrial facilities of the city has decided on the list of employees needed to stay in Pripyat to maintain these facilities in a good working order. Other houses will be guarded by the police during the evacuation period. Comrades, leaving your residences temporarily, please make sure you have turned off your lights, the electrical equipment, water, and shut the windows. Please keep calm and an orderly process of this short-term evacuation. End quote. To expedite the evacuation, residents were told to bring only what was necessary and that they would remain evacuated for approximately three days. As a result, most personal belongings were left behind and remained there to this day. By 3 p.m., 53,000 people had been evacuated to various villages of the Kiev region. And the next day, talks began for evacuating people from the 6.2-mile zone. Ten days after the accident, the evacuation area was expanded to 19 miles. The Chernobyl nuclear power plant exclusion zone has remained ever since, although the shape has changed and the sh uh, size keeps expanding. Uh, the surveying and detection of isolated fallout hotspots outside the zone over the following year eventually resulted, <clears throat> sorry, resulted in 135,000 long-term evacuees in total agreeing to be moved the years between 1986 and 2000 the near saw sorry saw the near tripling in the total number of permanently resettled persons from the most severely contaminated areas to approximately 350,000 people now evacuation began a day and a half before uh, the accident was publicly acknowledged by the Soviet Union on the morning of April 28th Radiation levels set off alarms at the Forsmark nuclear power plant in Sweden. Sweden, 620 miles away from the Chernobyl plant. 
Workers at Forsmark reported the case to Swedish Radiation Safety Authority, which determined that the radiation had originated elsewhere. That day, the Swedish government contacted the Soviet government to inquire about whether there had been a nuclear accident in the Soviet Union. At first, obviously, the Soviets, wanting to project an image of superiority, initially denied it, and it was only after the Swedish government suggested they were about to file an official alert with the International Atomic er uh, Energy Agency that the Soviet government admitted that an accident had taken place at Chernobyl. Now, at first, the Soviets only conceded that a minor accident had occurred, but once they began evacuating more than 100,000 people, the full scale of the situation would be realized by the global community. At 9.02, p.m. on the evening of April 28th, a 20-second announcement was read in the TV news program Vrema, Vremia, sorry, stating, quote, there has been an accident at the Chernobyl nuclear power plant. One of the nuclear reactors was damaged. The effects of the accident are being remedied. Assistance has been provided for any effective people, and an investigation commission has been set up, end quote. This was the entire announcement, and for the first time, the Soviet officially announced a so uh sorry a nuclear accident. The telegraph agency of the Soviet Union, TASS, then discussed the Three Mile Island accident and other American nuclear accidents, which Serge Sherman, sorry Sherman, of the New York Times wrote was an example of the common Soviet sac uh, Soviet tactic of water battleism. The mention of a commission, however, indicated to observers the seriousness of the incident, and subsequent state radio, uh, radio broadcasts would be replaced with classical music, which was a common method of preparing the public for an announcement of a tragedy. Look at these people. Talk about, talk about consideration. Anyways. <clears throat> um... Where was I... That was an accident. Well, now I'm on the page for Vremia. That's interesting. Anyways, uh... I'm sorry, I'm just trying to get back to where I was, but I accidentally clicked, uh... I accidentally clicked the link, and now I'm trying to get back to where I was on my page with my words right now. One moment, please. In the meantime, let me talk to you guys about how my throat hurts. I honestly don't know why. I feel like it's because I smoke a lot. But then again, it could be because I'm just really speaking a lot. But mm, I don't even know. Anyways. uh, Oh, shit. I'm still at the event of the accident. Um, Nope. That's the evacuation process. Words. So. Uh, where was I? Hmm. Oh, right, right, right. So, so, uh, several buildings in Pripyat were, would be kept open after the disaster to be used by workers still involved in the plant. This included the Jupiter, uh, the Jupiter factory, which would be closed in 1996. The Azure swimming pool used by Chernobyl liquidators for recreation during the cleanup, which would be closed uh, in 1998. Now, uh, in the aftermath, there was some concern environmentally and uh, how it would affect humans as well. Um, blubber pools, blubber pools. One of those things was the blubber pools. 
Now, two floors of blubber pools beneath the reactor served as a large water reservoir for the emergency cooling pumps and as a pressure suppression system capable of condensing steam in case of a small broken steam pipe. Now, this water, all this shit that was in here, it was uh, it was pumped out. Where? I honestly don't know. But that water was pumped out to keep it from staying in there for some reason. I, I don't know. I don't know. For some reason, a lot of people had to make a big deal out of this. Why? Because uh, the three people who went in there to pump out the water actually faced a lot of... Uh, uh what's the word um death hoax there we go however the three guys would go on to live on so i really don't know why um people made such a huge deal about that anyways um what else what else what else oh right I'm so sorry. Now, I'm sorry. It's because I have um, I'm I'm I recorded this episode and then I accidentally deleted it, and so now I gotta re-record it, and I'm just lost at because I the the first version I I didn't really read off a script. I just kind of made up what uh not not made up, but just kind of came up with the words and. Now I'm just like, uh, what did I talk about last time? What did I talk about last time? This is why we always write down what we talk about, folks. And why we always hit save. Anyways, um, so there was a concern about the molten core. They thought that they, uh, the, gov- the Soviet go- uh, government thought that the core would burn into the earth and contaminate the groundwater below the reactor. And to reduce the likelihood of this, it was decided to freeze the earth beneath the reactor, which will also stabilize the foundations. Using oil well drilling equipment, the the injection of liquid nitrogen began on May 4th, and it was estimated that 25 tons of liquid nitrogen per day would be used to required to keep the soil frozen at negative 100 degrees. This idea was quickly scrapped. Instead, they deployed subway and coal miners to excavate a tunnel below the reactor to make room for a cooling system using what seems to be a graphite cooling plate alongside. Uh, actually, just no, the, uh, just using a uh, graphite cooling plate, which sounds cool, but for some reason it sounds boring at the same time. Anyways, uh, where was I? Uh, obviously there was a, there was action to clean up the site. In the months after the explosion, attention would turn to removing to sorry would turn to removing radioactive bits of uh, from the roof. While worse of the radioactive debris had remained inside what was left of the reactor, it was estimated that there was an approximately 100 tons of debris on the roof that had to be removed to enable the safe uh, construction of a sarcophagus, a concrete structure that would entomb the reactor and reduce radioactive dust being released into the atmosphere. Now, the initial plan was to use robots to clear the debris off the roof. Fucking robots. The the Soviets would use approximately 60 remote control robots, most of them which were built in the Soviet Union itself. 
and many of them failed due to the difficult terrain, combined with the effect of high radiation field, uh, fields on their batteries and electronic controls. In 1987, Valery Legasov, first deputy director of the Kurchatov Institute of Atomic Energy in Moscow, stated, quote, We learned that we are uh, robots are not the great remedy for everything. Where there was very high radiation, the robot ceased to be a robot. The electronics quit working, end quote. Consequently, the, ro uh, the most highly radioactive materials were shoveled by Chernobyl liquidators from the military wearing highly pro sorry, heavy protective gear, dubbed biorobots. Now, these soldiers could only spend a maximum of 40 to 90 seconds working on the rooftops of the surrounding buildings because of the highly, sorry, of the high extreme doses of radiation uh, given off by the blocks of graphite and other debris. Though the soldiers were only supposed to perform the role of a bio-robot a maximum of once, some soldiers reported having done this task five or six times. Only 10% of, uh, of the debris cleared from the roof was performed by robots. The other 90% was removed by approximately 5,000 men who absorbed on average an estimated dose of 25 rem of radiation uh, each. Now... Um, with the ex uh, extinguishing of the open air reactor fire, the next step was to prevent the spread of contamination, and this could be due to the wind action, which would carry could carry away loose contamination, and by the birds, which could land within the wreckage and then carry the contamination with them elsewhere. In addition, rainwater could wash contamination away from the reactor area and into the subsurface water table where it could migrate outside the site area. Rainwater falling on the wreckage could also weaken the remaining re uh, reactor structure by accelerating corrosion of steelwork. A further challenge was to reduce the large amount of emitted gamma radiation which was a hazard to the workforce operating the adjacent reactor number three. The solution was chose to enclose the ra uh, the wrecked reactor by the construction of a huge composite steel and concrete shelter that would become known as the sarcophagus. It had to be erected quickly and within constraint uh, within the constraint of high levels of ambient gamma radiation. The design started on May 20, 1986, just 24 days after the disaster, and construction was from June to late November of that same year. This major construction project will be carried under the diff very difficult circumstances of high levels of radiation from both, sorry, both from the core remnants and deposited and the deposited radioactive contamination around it. Construction workers had to be protected from radiation and techniques such as, uh, such as crane drivers working from lead line control cabins were employed. The construction work included erecting walls around the perimeter, clearing the surface, concreting, uh, concentrating the surrounding ground, sorry, yeah, surrounding ground to remove sources of radiation and to allow uh, access for large construction uh, machinery, constructing a thick radiation shielding wall to protect the workers in reactor number three, fabricating a high-rise buttress, uh, buttress, to strengthen weak parts of the old structure, constructing an overall roof, provisioning a ventilation extract system to capture any airborne contamination arising within the shelter. It was just a bunch of shit. It was just so much. And now I know why the Soviet Union collapsed after this. Anyways. Um, 
Where was I? Uh, now there was a rea- uh, investigation of the reactor during the construction of the uh, sarcophagus. A scientific team, as part of an investigation, dubbed com- uh, Complex Expedition, re-entered the reactor to locate and contain nuclear fuel to prevent another explosion. These scientists manually collected cold fuel rods, but great heat was still uh, emanating from the core. Rates of radiation in different parts of the building were monitored by drilling holes into the reactor and inserting long metal detector tubes. The scientists were exposed to high levels of radiation and radioactive dust, and in December of 1986, six months after the investigation, the team discovered with help of a remote camera that intensely radioactive Sorry, that an intensely radioactive mass more than two meters wide had formed in the basement of Unit 4. The mass was called the elephant's foot for its wrinkled appearance. It was composed of melted sand, concrete, and a large amount of nuclear fuel that had escaped from the reactor. The concrete beneath the reactor was steaming hot and was breached by the now solidified lava and spectacular unknown crystalline forms deemed, sorry, termed Chernobylite. It was conducted that there was no further risk of an explosion. Now, there was an area cleanup, and the people tasked with cleaning up will be given uh, medals and dubbed liquidators. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you heard me. Um, <laughs> liquidators. It sounds, sounds like a bank. It sounds like a banker. Anyways. Uh, obviously, with a situation like this, there are investigations launched um, to investigate the causes of the accident. The IAEA used the International Nuclear Safety Advisory Group, INSEC, which had been created by them in the year 1985. It produced two significant reports on Chernobyl. INSEC 1, uh, which was made in the year 1986, and a revised report titled INSEC 7, which was made in 1992. In the summary, according to INSEG 1, the main cause of the accident was the operator's action. But according to INSEG 7, the main cause was reactor's design. Both IAEA reports identified an inadequate safety culture. INSEG coined the term at all managerial and operational levels as a major underlying factor of different aspects of the accident. This was stated to be inherent not only in operator, sorry, in operations, but also during design, engineering, construction, manufacture, and regulation. Views of the main causes were heavily lobbied by different groups, including the reactor's design, power plant personnel, and the Soviet and Ukrainian governments. This was due to the uncertainty about the actual sequence of events and plant parameters. After the INSEC 1, more information became available and more powerful computing has allowed better forensic simulations. Now, the INSEC 7 conclusion of major factors contributing to the accidents was, and I quote, The accident is now seen to have been the result of concurrence of the following major factors, specific physical characteristics of the reactor, specific design features of the reactor control elements, and the fact that the reactor was brought to a state not specified by procedures or investigated by an independent safety body. Most importantly, the physical characteristics of the reactor made possible its uh, unstable behavior. End quote. Now, because these are the Soviets, they obviously want to see blood for the embarrassment. And there was a Soviet criminal uh, trial. The trial took place from July 7th to July 30th, 
1987 in a temporary courtroom set up in the House of Culture in the city of Chernobyl, Ukraine. Five plant employees, Anatoly Ezdyatlov, the former deputy chief engineer, Viktor P. Brukhanov, uh, the former plant director, Nikolai M. Fomin, the former chief engineer, Boris V. Rogoshin, the shift director of reactor number four, and Alexander P. Kovalenko, the chief reactor, sorry, the chief of reactor number four, and Yuri A. Uh, Lushkin, um, com- the the state committee on supervision of conduct of safe conduct of work and atomic energy. All these five people, I messed that up, were sentenced to 10, 10, 5, 3, and 2 years respectively in labor camps. The families of Alexander Akimov and uh, Leonid Tuktunov and Valery uh, Prevochenko had received official letters, but prosecution against the employees had been terminated at their deaths. I guess. Um... Anatoly Dyatlov was found guilty uh, guilty of criminal mismanagement of potentially explosive enterprise, uh, enterprises, and he was sentenced to 10 years imprisonment, of which he would only serve three for the role that his oversight of the experiment played in the ensuing accident. Yes. Um, where was I? Right, so... In terms of an environmental impact, well, the Chernobyl nuclear power plant was located to next, uh, right next to the Pripyat River, which feeds into the uh, Dnieper uh, Reservoir system, which is one of the largest surface water systems in Europe, which at the time supplied water to 204, sorry, to 2.4 million residents in Kiev, and it was still in spring flood when the accident occurred. Radioactive contamination of aquatic systems therefore became a major problem in the immediate aftermath of the accident. In most of the areas of Ukraine, levels of radioactivity in drinking water caused concern during the weeks and months after the accident. Guidelines for levels of radioiodine, sorry, radioiodine in drinking water were temporarily raised to 3,700 BQ allowing most water to be reported safe. Officially, it was stated that all contaminants had settled to the bottom in an absolute phase and would not dissolve for another 800 to 1,000 years. A year after the ex- uh, accident, it was announced that even the water um, of Chernobyl's plant's cooling pond was within... Sorry, Chernobyl plant's cooling pond was within acceptable norms. And despite this, two months after the disaster, the Kiev water supply would be switched from the Dnieper River to the Denza, sorry, to the Desna River. Meanwhile, massive slit traps would be constructed along with an enormous 30 meter deep underground barrier to prevent groundwater from the destroyed reactor entering the Pripyat River. Now, groundwater was not badly affected by by the Chernobyl accident since radionuclides with short half-life decayed long before they could affect the groundwater supplies and live, sorry, and longer live radionuclides such as radiosacium, radiostronium, were absorbed to surface soils before they could transfer to groundwater. After the disaster, four square kilometers of pine forest directly downwind of the reactor turned reddish, brown, and died. It earned the nickname Red Forest. 
Some animals in the worst hit areas also died or simply just stopped reproducing. Most domestic animals were removed from the exclusion zones, but horses left on an island in the Pripyat River, six, sorry, four miles from the power plant, died when the thyroid glands were destroyed by radiation dose, uh, doses of 150 to 250 SV. Some cattle on the same island died, and those that survived were stunted because of thyroid damage. The next generation would appear to be normal, and muta uh, mutation rates for plants and animals, however, increased by a factor of 20 because of the release of radionuclides from Chernobyl. There is evidence for elevated mortality rates and increased nucleide. Uh, sorry, I messed that up. Uh, an increased rate of reproductive failure in contaminated areas consisted with expected frequencies of deaths due to mutations. On farms in Narodichi rayon of Ukraine, it is claimed that, uh, that from 1986 to 1990, nearly 350 animals were uh, born with gross deformities, such as missing or extra limbs, missing eyes, heads or ribs, deformed skulls, in comparison to the only three abnormal births that had been registered in the five years prior to the accident. Uh, subsequent research on uh, microorganisms, while limited, suggests that in the aftermath of the disaster, bacterial and viral specimens exposed to the radiation in, uh, underwent rapid changes. Activations of soil mycetes have been reported and it's currently unclear how these changes in species with rapid reproductive turnover. Uh, what the fuck? Oh. Okay, my bad. It's uh, currently unclear how these changes in species with reproductive, uh, with reproductive changes turn over. Um... Where was I? Mm. Well, okay, cool. Um, now, in terms of human impact, the only known casual deaths from the accident involved workers in the plant and firefighters. The reactor explosion killed two engineers and severely burned two others who were among the 237 workers hospitalized in the immediate aftermath. Of the hospitalized workers, 134 exhibited ARS. 28 of them would die within the following months, all of whom were hospitalized for ARS. Um, among the fatalities in the acute phase, all but one patient were hospitalized for grade 3 and grade 4 ARS. 7 out of 22 patients with grade 3 ARS survived, and only 1 out of 21 with grade 4 would survive. Some sources report a total initial fatality of 31, which includes one death caused by coronary thrombosis attributed to stress or coincidence, but this occurred off-site. There were a number of fishermen on the reservoir a half kilometer from the reactor to the east of these two shore fishermen, Prostov and Pustavoy, are said to have sustained doses estimated at 400 retogens. Sorry, retogens and vomited but survived. The vast majority of Pripyat residents slept through the distant sound of the explosion, including station engineer Bruss, who only became aware at 6 in the morning, the beginning of his next work shift. He would be taken to the hospital. While there, he made acquaintance of one teen who had ventured out alone to bicycle 
sorry, by a bicycle to watch the roof fires during the night, stopping for a time and viewing the scene at the Bridge of Death. However, contrary to the sensationalist label, the youthful night biker was treated and released from the hospital, remaining in touch with Bruce as of the year 2019. Wow. Most serious cases of ARS were treated with the assistance of American specialist Dr. Robert Peter Gale, who documented a first-of-its-kind treatment and supervised a number of uh, bone marrow transplant procedures, which were unfortunately successful. In 2019, Gale would write a letter to correct the popularized through the egregious portrayal of his patients as dangerous to his visitors. All those who died were station operators and firefighters, over half of which from the continued wearing of dusty soaked uniforms causing beta burns to cover large uh, areas of skin. In the first few days, the beta to gamma energy ratio is some 30 to 1, owing to the large area of burned skin and sensitivity of GI tract. Bacterial infection was and remains the overarching concern to those affected with ARS as a leading cause of death. Quarantine from the outside environment is a part of the normal treatment protocol. Many of the surviving firefighters continue to have skin that is atrophied, spider vein, and with underlying fibrosis due to experiencing extensive beta burns. In the 10 years that followed the accident, 14 people who had been initially hospitalized would die of various causes. Only two of these deaths were the result of melodysplastic syndrome. Scientific consensus in the form of Chernobyl Forum suggests that although unexpected, there has no uh, statistically significant increase in the incidence rate of solid cancers among rescue workers. Follow-up studies have also found this to be the case, which with apparent increases in thyroid cancer simply attributed to more meticulous cancer screening for rescue workers. Now, uh, where was I? Uh, aside from an increase in abortions, um, there's a lot of ways people were misinformed about this kind of stuff, which is really crazy. It's, damn, I can just imagine hearing about this kind of stuff and hearing my neighbor say some stupid bullshit that I totally know is bullshit, but for some reason, everyone around me is just doing it. Anyways. Now, it's difficult to establish the so, uh, total economic cost of the disaster because now that we're talking on impacts, I do kind of have to go over the socioeconomic impact. According to Mikhail Gorbachev, the Soviet Union leader at the time, uh, they spent about 18 billion rubles on, contamin- uh, sorry, on containment and, and decontamination, virtually bankrupting itself. In 2005, the total cost over 30 years for Belarus, which includes the monthly payments to liquidators, was estimated at $235 billion uh, U.S., about $318 billion in today's dollars given inflation rates. Gorbachev in April of 2006 would write, quote, the nuclear meltdown at Chernobyl 20 years ago this month, uh, even more than the launch of my Troika, was perhaps the real cause of the collapse of the Soviet Union, end quote. Ongoing costs are well known. In their 2003 to 2005 report, the Chernobyl Forum stated that uh, between 5 and 7% of the government spending in Ukraine is still related to Chernobyl, while in Belarus, more than $13 billion is thought to have been spent between 1991 and 2003, with 23% of national budget having been spent 
uh, sorry, having been Chernobyl related in 1991, falling to 6% by 2022. In 2018, Ukraine spent 5 to 7% of its national budget on recovery activities related to the Chernobyl disaster. Overall economic losses estimated at 235 billion in Belarus. Much of much of the current costs relate to the payment of Chernobyl-related social benefits to some 7 million people across the three countries. A significant Im- economic impact at the time uh, was the removal of 784,000 hectares acres of agricultural land and 694,000 acres of forest from production. While much of this has been returned to use, agricultural production costs have risen due to the need for special cultivation techniques, fertilizers, and additives. Politically, the accident gave great significance to the new Soviet policy of glasnost and helped forge closer to Soviet-U.S. relations at the end of the Cold War through Bioscientific Corporation. Now, the disaster also became a key factor in the dissolution of the Soviet Union in 1991 and a major influence in shaping the new Eastern Europe. Both Ukraine and Belarus, in their first months of independence, lowered legal radiation thresholds from the Soviet Union's previous elevated thresholds from 35 rems per lifetime under the USSR to 7 rems per lifetime in the Ukraine and 1 rem per year in Belarus. Ukraine's viewed the Chernobyl disaster as another attempt by the Russians to destroy them, comparable to the Holodomor. Meanwhile, commentators have argued that events of the Chernobyl disaster were uniquely inclined to incur in a communist country versus a capitalist country. It has been argued that the Soviet power plant and administrators were not empowered to make crucial decisions when it was time of essence. Sorry, essence. Mikhail Gorbachev, the final leader of the Soviet Union, stated in respect to the Soviet, sorry, to the Chernobyl disaster, more than, sorry, that quote, more than anything else, Chernobyl opened the possibility of a much greater freedom of expression to the point that the Soviet system as we knew it could no longer continue, end quote. Famous Austrian alpine farmer Sepp Holzer reported decades later that the Chernobyl disaster ruined his business selling edible mushrooms. Uh, such as Shiitake uh, uh, and King Strofaria, stating, quote, Despite the fact that our mushrooms were not obviously contaminated, overnight it became p- impossible to sell them. Following the accident, questions would arise about the future of the plant and its eventual fate. All work on the unfinished reactors number four, sorry, number five and number six were halted three years later. However, the uh, trouble at the Chernobyl plant did not end with the disaster in reactor number four. The damaged reactor would be sealed off and 200 cubic uh, meters of concrete were placed between the disaster site and the other operational buildings. The work was managed by uh, Grigory Mialovich Nagansky. The deputy chief engineer of installation and construction directorate, uh, sorry, uh, uh, and construction directorate, the Ukrainian government allowed the three remaining reactors to continue operating because of an energy shortage in the country. In October of 1991, a fire would break out in the turbine building of reactor number two. The authorities subsequently de- uh, declared the reactor beyond repaired, and it was taken offline. Reactor number one was decommissioned in November of 1996 as part of a deal between the Ukrainian government and the international organizations such as the IAEA to end operations at the plant. And then on December 15th, 2000, then-President Leonid Kuchoma 
Kuchma, sorry, personally turned off reactor number four in an official ceremony shutting down the entire site. Soon after the accident, the building was quickly encased by a mammoth, the concrete sarcophagus, and a notable feat of construction under severe conditions. The concrete sarcophagus wasn't, in test, wasn't intended to last very long, with a lifespan of only 30 years. In February of 2013, a section of the roof of the turbine building collapsed adjacent to the sarcophagus, causing a new release of radioactivity and temporary evacuation of the area. At first, it was assumed that the roof collapsed because of the weight of the snow. However, the amount of the snow was not exceptional, and report uh, sorry, and the report of a Ukrainian fact-finding panel concluded that the collapse was the result of a sloppy repair work and aging of the structure. Experts warned the sarcophagus itself was on the verge of collapse. In 1997, the International Chernobyl Shelter Fund was founded to, de uh, to design and build a more permanent cover for the unstable and short-lived sarcophagus. It would receive 864 million pounds from international donors in 2011 and was managed by the European Bank for Reconstruction and Development. The new shelter was named the New Safe Confinement and construction, sorry, construction began in April, sorry, in 2010. It is a metal arch, 105 meters high, spanning 257 meters, built on rails adjacent to the reactor number four building, so that it could be slid over the top of its existing sarcophagus. The new safe confinement was uh, uh, was completed in 2016 and slid into place over the top of the sarcophagus on November 29th. The huge steel arch was moved into place over several weeks, and unlike the original sarcophagus, the new safe confinement is designed to allow the reactor to be safely dismantled using remote, uh, remotely operated equipment. Um, where was I? Now, the exclusion zone was originally an area of 19 miles uh, in, uh, in all directions, but the area subsequently enlarged to include an area measuring... Uh, 2,600 kilometers, 1,000 square miles, officially called the Zone of Alienation. The area has largely reverted to forests and was overrun by wildlife due to the lack of human co uh, competition for space and resources. Some sources have estimated when the site could be considered habitable again. In 2011, it was estimated by the Ukraine authorities that it would take probably 300 year, 320 years or less. Christian Science Monitor in 2016 estimated somewhere around 3,000 years. The Chernobyl director Ihor Gramotkin in 2016 estimated 20,000 years or more. And last but not least, Greenpeace in March of 2016, well, they estimated that tens of thousands of years. It would be tens of thousands of years before the radiation would be gone. In the years following disasters, uh, the disaster residents known as some mostly illegally returned to their abandoned homes to regain living their lives. Most people are retired and survive mainly from farming and packages delivered by visitors. As of 2016, 187 locals had returned and were living permanently there. In 2011, Ukraine opened up the sealed zone around Chernobyl reactor to tourists wishing to learn more about the tragedy. Sergei Marini a uh, radi uh, radiation renaissance officer at the time of the accident and now an academic at National University of Kiev Moya Academy has written about the psychological and physical effects on survivors and visitors and worked as an advisor to the Chernobyl tourism groups. Now, 
because global warming there during the dry season there is forest fires and they are a perennial concern yeah perennial concern in the areas contaminated by radioactive material dry conditions and build up debris make the forest a ripe breeding ground for wildfires depending on prevailing atmospheric condition conditions smoke from wildfires could potentially spread more radioactive material outside the exclusion zone. In Belarus, the Belsrad organization is tasked with overseeing food, uh, food cultivation and forestry management in the area. In April of 2020, forest fires spread through 20,000 hectares, uh, hectares of the exclusion zone, causing increased radiation from the release of cesium-137 and strontium-190 uh, from, ground, from the ground and biomass. The increase in radioactivity was detectable by monitoring network, but did not pose as a threat to human health. The average radiation dose that Kiev resi uh, residents received as a result of the fire were estimated to be one NS. Uh, sorry, one SV. NSF. Um, yeah. Uh, obviously, when there is a disaster like this, there is a cultural impact. The Chernobyl tragedy has inspired many artists across the world to create works of art, animation, video games, theater, and cinema about this disaster. Uh, the HBO series Chernobyl and the book by Ukrainian writer Svetlana Alexievich, Voices from Chernobyl, are two well-known works that talk about the disaster that destroyed millions of lives. The Ukrainian artist Roman uh, Gumanyuk created a series of artworks called Pripyat Lights or Chernobyl Shadows that includes 30 oil paintings about the Chernobyl accident. The series of artwork was exhibited at the National Fine Art Museum in Kazakhstan Bishek, the Kastiv State Museum Arts in the Ka uh, sorry, Kastiv State Museum of Arts of Kazakhstan in Almighty, the Vashchenko Art Gallery of Gomel in Belarus, and the Museum of Chernobyl in Kharkiv, Kharkiv in Ukraine between the years 2012 and 2013. The video game Stalker Shadows of Chernobyl, released by THQ in 2007, was a first-person shooter set in the exclusion zone. A prequel called Stalker Clear Sky was released the following year, and a sequel titled Stalker Call of Pripyat was released in the year 2010. Finally, the horror film Chernobyl Diaries, released in 2012, is about six tourists that hire uh, that hire a tour guide to take him to the abandoned city of Pripyat, where they discover that they are not alone. Filmmakers have created documentaries that examine the aftermath of the disaster. Over the years, documentaries like the Oscar-winning Chernobyl Heart, released in 2003, explore how radiation affected people living in the area and information about the long-term side effects of radiation exposure over the years that include mental disabilities, physical disabilities, and genetic mutations after disaster. The Babushkas of Chernobyl, Babushkas, which translates uh, to Grandma, I think in Russian, released in 2015, is a documentary that explores the story of three women that decided to return to the exclusion zone after the disaster. In the documentary, the babushkas show the polluted water, their food for radioactive gardens, and explain how they managed to survive in this exclusion zone despite the radioactive levels of it. Last but not least, the documentary The Battle of Chernobyl, released in 2006, shows a rare original footage a day before the disaster in the city of Pripyat. Then, through different methods, the documentary goes in depth, uh, goes in depth 
on the chronological events that led to the explosion of the reactor and the disaster in re uh, response in which 50,000 men from the Soviet Union engaged to liquidate the radioactivity of the damaged reactor. In July of 2019, Ukrainian President Vo uh, Volodymyr Zelensky announced that the Chernobyl site would become an official tourist attraction. Zelensky said, quote, we must give this territory of Ukraine a new life after Chernobyl saw an increase in visitors since the HBO miniseries. Dr. T. Steen, a microbiology and immunology teacher at Georgetown Schools Medicine, recommends tourists to wear clothes and shoes they are comfortable with throwing away. Most importantly, Sheen suggests to avoid plant life, especially the depths of the forest due to the high levels of radiation because the areas were not cleaned in the aftermath of the disaster. They remain highly contaminated. Research showed that fungus, moss, and mushrooms are very radioactive. Drinking or eating from there could be dangerous. Generally speaking, Chernobyl can be a safe place, Dr. Sheen would say, quote, but it depends on how people behave, end quote. And yeah, wow. So there you have it, folks. There you fucking have it. The Chernobyl disaster. What do you guys personally think? Do you guys think that this was an accident or a little bit something more from the Soviet Union? I mean, I don't know. Those Ukrainians may be onto something. And I'm not just saying because they started a war last year. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, let me know what you guys think about uh, the Chernobyl accident. Me, I personally think that it is something that could have been avoided. Um, yeah, I just say that. Or, um, honestly, yeah, no, 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 no. I honestly think Chernobyl is a accident that could have been easily avoided i think um i think it was an incident that said a lot about the soviet union and how they operated um i also think that we really need to stop playing with nuclear materials dude like we no we no stop using it for stop using it for for um war you know let's it should just be used to power my TV and power my car, and that's it. Nothing more, nothing less. No, like, whatever. I don't even know what I'm talking, bro. I'm supposed to be going to sleep. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up here. Uh, before we go, ladies and gents, thank you guys so much for the support. It means a lot, really. So spread the word. Tell your mom, tell your dad, tell your brother, tell your sister. Tell anybody you may need to tell. And follow us on our Instagram at timeout underscore with underscore Tony podcast. New episodes every Wednesdays and Saturdays. Thank you guys all so much for listening. And I will catch you guys next week. Thank you. And don't drink and drive. Okay, show's over. Please get out. Thank you.